Uh, Good morning. I am uh, reading from uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God For all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. We are going to watch a a video this morning that depicts the passage I just read to you. But before we before we watched, I I, I first want to set the stage for you just to set some some context. In those days, in those days, shepherds were considered to be amongst the lowest class of people. Right at the bottom with tax collectors and lepers. According to Jewish religious law, these men were considered unclean. Their line of work prevented them from worshiping at the temple and participating in their feasts and holy days because somebody had to be with the sheep. When everyone else was going to Jerusalem to make sacrifices at the temple 
or to participate in in one of their annual feasts, they were out in the fields watching over the sheep. Oddly enough, although they were providing sheep for sacrifices to worship at the temple, they themselves were not allowed to worship at the temple. They were unclean religious outcasts. They were also social outcasts. They were transients. Always moving from place to place to find good pasture for grazing and water for their sheep. They were like gypsies. And people were very suspicious of them. And if anything came up missing or something was damaged, it must be those shepherds who have moved into the area. They were considered untrustworthy and unreliable. In fact, their testimony was not allowed in court. They were religious and social outcasts. They were the forgotten, the broken, and the hopeless. Looked upon as anything but worshipers of God. So with that in mind, let's watch the video. Get the lights back. Thank you. I got all choked up watching watching that. Oh, my. We just saw Christmas from the eyes of the shepherds. The last people expected to receive the birth announcement of Jesus first. Isn't it interesting, given who Jesus was, that his birth announcement wasn't shared with the religious leaders and the priests. It wasn't provided to the government officials. It wasn't revealed to the elite, the royalty, or the wealthy, those whom others had assumed were right with God. But rather, it was first given to shepherds. The last people others would expect God to take notice of. God chose them to be the very first to hear this birth announcement. The good news from heaven that a Savior was born. If you think about it, this announcement to the shepherds of all people 
verified what the angel had just said. That this good news of great joy was for all the people. The rich and the poor. The Jew and the Gentile. The righteous and the unrighteous. The free and the slave. The elite and the outcasts. Just like these shepherds. This good news, the gospel, that's what the gospel means. Good news is for all people because all people without exception need forgiveness, need to be made right with God, need a Savior. All people. After seeing the child in a feeding trough, after meeting with Joseph and and Mary, we're told that the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as had been told them. They got good news. And these shepherds did what any of us naturally do when we get good news. We want to share it. That's what we do. A new grandparent will talk to a fence post for 20 minutes about their new grandchild. That's what we do when we get good news. And we are told, the shepherds told anyone and everyone who would listen what they had just experienced. That's what they did. They weren't Bible scholars because there was no Bible. They had no credentials. They weren't respected. They were shepherds. They had no influence. Simply put, they were a bunch of nobodies who shared what they had experienced. That's it. That's it. They did what we naturally do when we get good news that is worth telling. They shared good news that was good news of great joy for all people. I was listening to a sermon by another pastor, and he asked a question that went something like this. Is the good news really good news to you? Is the good news really, really good news to you? I mean, I've never thought of that. 
but it, it created a slew of other questions. Is it possible? Is it possible that the good news no longer seems that good? Has the original news shared by the angels and shared later by Jesus been so Americanized, so politicized, even used to justify hatred that it no longer appears to be good, no longer appears to be good news of great joy for all people, and therefore it's no longer worth telling? Is that it? Is that what we have come to? Maybe there are some who do not understand what the good news is all about, and that's why it doesn't seem that good. I can see that. Maybe there are some who have a a distorted idea of the good news. Their version of the gospel. Not like the original version. And it only seems good for some people. Those we like. Those we agree with. But not all people. Not those people. Maybe that's it. Or maybe, like the shepherds, We can only truly realize the goodness of the good news when we are convinced that we are not so good. Maybe that's why the shepherds were the first to hear the good news. So I want to leave you with this question this morning. Is the good news really that good to you? I can't answer that for you. Is it really that good to you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together. I pray, Lord, that you are honored and glorified and you are lifted up during this time. In spite of me, Heavenly Father, I pray that you are magnified. You're so good. Thank you for your good news. For all people. Thank you for your forgiveness. And your grace. And your mercy. Thank you that you came to earth. As a babe. A helpless babe. And you left this earth. On a cross. And then resurrected. Thank you for who you are. And what you've done. Father, help us to be the kind of people you want us to be. Help us to be true with you and true with ourselves. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
Is the good news good to you? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I mean, only you can answer that, correct? But if it is good news, like the angel said it was, of great joy for all people, not just some people, but all people. If it is good news of great joy for all people, is it worth telling? Is it worth telling? I'm amazed and I'm, I'm in the same boat like the rest of you. I can share good news about any other subject under the sun. And you can too. Every one of you. You get good news, you want to share it. That's what we do. But for some reason, but for some reason, and I'm in the same boat, please, I'm in the same boat. But for some reason, when it comes to Jesus, just tight, just doesn't want to come out. Right? I, I'm not trying to, to lay a guilt trip on anybody, but I'm just making an observation. And in this observation, I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> I'm looking at me as well. I don't know why that is. But if it is good news, and it is good news, then it's good news worth telling. So my challenge for you especially during this time of the year. Maybe invite someone to church. Maybe it's just that simple. Just invite someone to church. Maybe, and we've discussed this before, maybe someone has a need. Can you ask them, can I pray for you? Can I put you on my prayer list? I'll pray for you when I pray in the morning or in the evening. Can I just pray for you? Is that all right? Or maybe you can share the gospel with them. The good news that God loves them. That he sent his son Jesus into this world as a baby to die on the cross for sinful man. Because we need a savior. We all need a savior. Maybe you can do that. Just be mindful of the opportunities that are presented to you during this this season. And if you feel like you should do it, don't talk yourself out of it. (laughs) Which we are prone to do. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. And then leave it in God's hands. Right? The results are his. They're never ours. The results are his. So, yes... Invite someone to church. And you've got to be this church. <laughs> Just invite someone to a Bible-believing church. Offer to pray for them. And if you can share the gospel, share the gospel. Maybe you're here this morning and you do not know the gospel. You don't know the good news. Or maybe you have your version of it. it may not be the version the, the angels presented or the version that, that Jesus gave us. But maybe you want to know more. I'd love to share 
Jesus with you. I'd love to lead you to him. Maybe you're looking for a church home, a place you can call. This is where I belong. We'd love to have you here as well. Or maybe there's something else. Whatever that might be, the Lord leads you to to do something, whether it's in your seat or to come see the pastor. Just be obedient. Just do what he asks. Please be seated. This is the uh, first Sunday of the month, and as, uh, as customary, uh, we participate in, in uh, observing the uh, Lord's Supper. So if I could have the servers uh, come on up. In the quietness, while the servers are um, serving, now think about what I said this morning. Is the good news really good to you? Before Jesus ascended to to heaven, he had one last time together with his disciples. He knew it. He knew that just within a matter of hours, hours, he'd be arrested, brought before Pilate, sentenced to death, and crucified the same baby we saw in the video, that baby, will be crucified on our behalf. Jesus knew this was, this was coming. No surprises. Matter of fact, he told his disciples, these things must happen. It was all part of God's plan to redeem, to pay for, a lost and dying world. So Jesus is having his his last time with his disciples. And he gave them bread. And he said said to them, "This, this bread represents my body. A body that will be broken for you. Broken. Crucified. Doesn't sound like good news, does it? Sounds like terrible news. But terrible news for him was good news for us. That's the irony of all this. And he told his disciples, when you eat of the bread, remember me. Remember what I did for you. And he gave them bread and says, eat. May we do likewise. And then he took the cup. And he said, this cup represents my blood. Blood doesn't represent death. It represents life. He said it represents a new covenant. A new agreement with God, whereby we can be made right 
with God by the finished work of Jesus Christ. By grace, we place our faith in him that he will do exactly what he said he will do, that he is who he says he is. He is our Savior. He is our Savior. And we can be made right by this new covenant of faith. It's a covenant of faith. And he gave his disciples the cup. And he said, drink. May we do likewise. I want to pray for our offering and also for our fellowship uh, afterwards. Again, I, I thank you so much for being here uh, this morning. Again, I acknowledge it was something different, uh, but I, I hope that was something that was meaningful to you, and, and uh, I know it was, it was meaningful to me. So let me pray for our offering. Just to remind you, our offering baskets are at the back door. If you want to give to Lottie Moon, there are envelopes out there in the foyer. So let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for, for gathering us here today. Thank you. Just thank you so much, Lord. You're so worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our honor. You're worthy of our glory. Thank you, Lord. And Father, as an expression of who you are, what you've done for us, uh, Lord, you've given us the opportunity to give back what you've given us. So Father, I pray that you bless uh, the tithes and the offerings that, that we give. Father, help us as a church to use your money for your work. Give us wisdom and insight and understanding as to, as to how to, to manage your money. Bless the gift and the giver, Lord God. Help us to be cheerful givers, to be generous givers. And Father, for our fellowship uh, afterwards, Father, I just pray that it would just be a, a joyous time. That's what this season's all about, a joyous time, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have fellowship with one another and fellowship with you. Bless the food that's been brought, been prepared. Bless those, Lord God, who've, who've brought and prepared the food for us. Father, bless us as we partake. Again, Father, in all that we do, may you be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.